Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod. This is episode 190. It's September 4th, 200 and 200, 2015. Uh, today's guest is Robin Fetter. She's the real vegan housewife and she's amazing. I would like to just hop right into the show. So we're going to start things off with a little track from a band called Sweet Billy Pilgrim. I love these guys and you need to know about them. Uh, this track is called Slingshot Grin. It's from their latest Motorcade Amnesiacs. And there's a new video for it that just came out this week. Please go check them out. Super nice people. Amazing band. They were nominated for a Mercury Award. Did they win it? I don't know. I should know that. Um, you know, they're great. So listen, Slingshot Grin. Sleep. 
This is Robin <laughs> Fetter, who is the real vegan housewife. Hello. Um, hello. We've been, you know, I don't think we've actually spoken to each other before. We've only no. like, interacted on the internet. Yes, we met via Facebook and we have Facebook messaged each other like crazy for the past six years. It's really true. Has it been six years? Oh, it has. Because didn't Facebook tell us that recently? Yes. Yes. And because Facebook says it, it's it must be must be true. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yay. So nice to talk to you instead of just typing to you. I um, know. I think it's so interesting what you were saying about uh, veganism being like coming out as vegan being like coming out because it kind of is. I mean, it's a different thing, of course, than like being gay. Oh, absolutely. But um, uh, people react. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, you know, I've I've never had the need to uh, to come out sexually, but it's it's kind of funny when um, when you do get a lot of like the um, I, I I guess kind of the negative feedback that you just weren't expecting, you know, and and yeah. to be honest, I, I mean, I was actually I mean, this is honest to god truth. Um, there was a, another Facebook page where there was a guy who shot a. Um, kind of like a quick YouTube video. Um, and it was pretty much about how he was suggesting that, um, vegans don't tell other people that they're vegan. So basically if you're at a barbecue, you are supposed to, you know, not mention it. And I mean, I know they probably didn't really say hide the fact that you're vegan, but I guess in a sense, he felt that not telling people right away that you're vegan opens up a comp, a, a, a whole different conversation once they eventually find out. And I could not disagree with him more on that one. Um, I, I just felt that, you know, if you include it in the conversation, I think it opens up a great dialogue. There's a great opportunity there. And to turn it into some sort of, you know, guessing game, um, I just think does zero to no justice after the host tries to shove a hamburger in your face for the umpteenth time. It just doesn't do anybody any favors. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I I just I had a, a weird. Oh wait, go ahead. Say what? Say that again. I can call him out if you want. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm totally good with that if you want to call. Oh yeah. Out. Who yeah. was it? Oh, it was Vegan Bros. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I totally respect the work that they do. Don't get me wrong. Um, but sometimes I, I mean, I understand. I'm not going to agree with every vegan all the time. I get it. And that was just one of those moments. Um, yeah. But I just didn't get that. It just went way, I mean, I, 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 it just made my head just kind of crook a little bit because I have friends of mine, you know, who are gay, transgender, and from other religious cultures who have been forced to not, you know, say anything to anybody out of fear of, you know, violence, you know, and I'm like, my, my vegan story is not like theirs. And, and I know that if they have had that chance, you know, back then, they would have definitely have been more direct and more open about it. Right. Yeah. The, those vegan bros, I really like a lot of the things they say, but every now, like, the only thing lately that has been bothering me about anyone else's veganism is someone telling someone else how to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, you got to do it in your own way. Your own. Yeah. I, I mean, because it's not like, I mean, I don't want to tell people, oh, yeah, you got to sell the shit out of it because you can't, you know? I mean, yeah. you have to go at your own comfort. Yeah. And like, you know, 
uh, for a long time, you know who Gary Francione is, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, he, like, I, I am not a fan of his approach. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've. But it's his approach that really got me to go vegan. You know, like, when I think about that, I'm like, oh, he's such a jerk, right? And I don't follow him or read his stuff anymore. But at the time, I was sort of half-assing it. And like, well, I'll just have pizza today. And I heard him on a podcast, on the Vegan Freaks podcast. Mm-hmm. He said something like, the animals don't need your excuses. They need you to go vegan. Like, And he was just doing his thing that he does. And it woke me up. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is my choice to make. And I can stop doing this now. Oh, yeah. Actually... I will have to say uh, the way that uh, Chuck, my husband, and I went vegan um, was actually by a non-vegan and now a ex-vegan. So um, <laughs> um, we we were watching um, the show Thirty Days with Morgan Spurlock, and oh they, yeah, yeah, it's where where they take someone from from their you know normal everyday living and put them somewhere completely out of comfort zone for thirty days. And uh, this one was a hunter from North Carolina. And uh, he pretty much went to live in Los Angeles, out of all places, and in a, they actually called it a quote-unquote pita household, which I'm like, why Why would you call it a pita household? It should be a vegan household. Right. Um, I mean, I know that a couple of the people I think on the show are pita employees, but I, I don't know how I, I, I could take the pita household thing. Um, but yeah, so he managed to rescue a cow and uh, a few other things. Like he was able to take part in a PETA protest where where he told people the the horrors that he's seen, you know, from, you know, being at a factory farm and just seeing these cows just lined up just waiting to die just on the side of the road and having this like um waste management um truck kind of going by and like throwing the cows in and just just that whole 30 days um alone was just it was seriously just enough to just disgust um, me and Chuck so much to the point where we were like, screw this. Uh, we well, actually Chuck's first response was I can do anything for 30 days. So we made it into a challenge of ours. You know, no one told us to watch this video. It, it was just all done, you know, by chance. And, um, and that those 30 days turn into like, it's been about seven years and we haven't looked back. Not, not even one bit. We didn't even slip up. That's something, awesome. something shook us to the core just watching that. And I, 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 I actually give credit to the fact that at the time, you know, we were pretty much in D.C. and we had Compassion Over Killing um, who had their little events and uh, and they really opened up our eyes. I mean, they they've done a lot of really awesome work and um, and they were there to offer support whenever we needed it. And uh yeah, and at those events, we met other like-minded people, and we didn't feel alone at all. And when we moved to Charlottesville, um, oddly enough, I was networking my ass off uh, to find other vegans before we moved to Charlottesville. And um, I, I found, I, I, I found a, a vegan family um, beforehand, and this was before I had kids. And uh, and they really, you know, showed me the ropes of Charlottesville. And it's funny because they still, I mean, they're, they're still kind of mentors to me very much. That And there's there's a pretty decent vegan community there too, yeah? Yes. Um, we have, well, um, my husband and I, we are the co-organizers of the, um, the local vegan meetup group in Charlottesville. Um, it was founded um, by our friend Doug Gelman. Um, he, he does some animal rights work. Um, he's, he, he's more of an outdoorsy type. 
Um, but he, he definitely, uh, he, he's definitely created something beautiful with the vegan meetup group. It's actually, I think it's up to like 400 people. I mean, not all vegans though, but it seems like the population is uh, growing quite a bit in Charlottesville. And, um, I would have to say that vegan meetup group has definitely opened up my eyes, um, in regards to, um, to allowing me to do outreach to these local restaurants to offer more vegan options. And, um, we had one vegan restaurant, um, come and go. And, um, we also have one that's a 99.9% vegan place take its spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of changes coming. Well, actually that, that have taken place in Charlottesville for the past five years. And there's even more, it seems like on the uh, just actually coming up. Awesome. I love that we have uh, actual real vegan kids in the background. Yes, that is Reagan. <laughs> She's four. She does not do naps. So. Oh, I love it. I think it's the perfect like background sound for this. Interview. Yeah, I was, yeah, was almost like, okay, this, uh, this may come off as a little unprofessional in the background, but then I was like, eh, it's, it's real life. My, yeah. my is a zoo. It really is. And you have three kids, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm always scared of me to get that wrong. <laughs> ages one two and four uh, amazing and everyone's vegan in your household too yeah yes um the only non-vegan in the household is my cat he's on so many prescriptions and cat foods um i've tried to make him go vegan but um even the vegan vets actually have kind of advised against it due to his uh his actual kidney issues until um there's a vegan cat food company that addresses that issue uh, he he probably would not be a candidate to go vegan, but my dog's vegan, and um, we use V-Dog dog food for him, and um, the kids pretty much eat whatever we eat, so it it works out pretty well, and uh, I would have to say, you know, um, it goes beyond diet for all of us. You know, we don't buy any leather, we don't buy silk, wool, you know, yada, 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 but um, yeah, so, so it's definitely, you know, kind of um, followed through with our kids, and uh, and my oldest kid actually just got done watching um, Emily from Bite Size Vegan do the series of videos uh, explaining um, oh, yeah. certain vegan topics. I recommend that to any vegan parent to actually um, to to actually watch it with their kids. I feel like she came out of. I mean, she came out of the woodwork a while ago, but like. I had never heard of her, and then all of a sudden, I was seeing all these amazing videos. She's great. She exploded, I think. I I, I remember seeing her videos, um, gosh, maybe about a year ago. I, I know she, she says that she's been doing it for years, but yeah, I discovered her about a year ago, and I was like, she's really cool, very approachable, and... Yeah. I mean, I I was very enamored. I, I I really liked her message and what she was doing, and uh, yeah, and it seems like you know the past like six months or so, she's really blown up. I mean, I I mean, not only do I get a um, a little thing from YouTube telling me that there's a new video from her, but I'm hearing it from everybody. Like I'm hearing it from other Facebook friends, other Facebook groups I'm a part of. They're always saying you gotta watch this new bite sized vegan video. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. And they're like short and to the point and she's super direct, but gentle at the same time. You know, like her yeah. message is in your face, but she presents it in a very like calm way. It I makes like me it. Want, yeah, it, it makes me wonder how much she thinks about what she speaks on on her actual videos because 
for me, um, believe it or not, I come off as an extremely approachable person in real life. But I'm one of those people, like, I can sometimes be a little too brutally honest to people. And there are some friends that actually embrace that part of me. You know, it's, I, I'm that friend you probably don't want to go to if you ask, you know, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> Unless you really want to know. Like, when I ask someone that question, and it's usually not about a dress because I don't wear dresses very often. But, like, if I ask somebody a question like that, I usually want to know the truth, even if it's not going to be the happiest answer. <laughs> exactly. See, that's when you come to people like me. <laughs> yeah. I love and, it. And I have a hard time conveying that on my videos because I'm, I, I guess in a sense, you know, I'm more so trying to focus more on my family and not how much of a jerk I can be. <laughs> right. So what we should talk. We should talk about what your videos are because you got your YouTube channel rolling just a, maybe a, what, a month ago or was it a little more than that? It's No, it's been probably about three, four weeks ago. Um, I've been doing a weekly uh, YouTube series. Um, just it's They're very short videos. I really didn't want any longer videos because the, the attention spans are, I mean, it, well, actually in this day and age is like the amount of like a goldfish. Um, but, but I would say, uh, yeah, they're very short videos, uh, once a week, pretty much, uh, covering certain things. Like I did a Costco trip. I did vegan camping. Um, I even did an intro video just, just to kind of let everyone know who I am. Um, I've got a couple more videos on the horizon. Um, one of them is I'm going to be shopping for kids shoes because that, oh, cool. seems, that, that seems to be, especially, um, when they are a little bit younger than the elementary school age, um, I'd say from ages zero to five, um, when you are a vegan parent, it's very hard to find shoes for kids. And when you do find shoes for kids that are not made of leather um, or any other animal byproduct, they're really expensive. And and I've had to bite the bullet a couple times on short notice. Like my kids rolling in fifty dollars shoes, and that's I mean we're a one income household. That's that's kind of a big deal for us, especially since they grow out of them so quickly. Yeah. So um, so I'm going to be doing a video where I just go to Target and pay less, and just you know show people how easy it is to shop for vegan kids shoes. And I'm I'm probably going to you know keep that one directed towards, um, you know, the really young kids. Cause I find that, you know, the probably once they start school and everything, it's, it gets easier as far as like finding vegan shoes for their sizes. It seems like the older they get, the, the more variety that they have. Yeah. Cool. I love the topics you cover just because, you know, <laughs> like it seems like you hit things that, um, like, like, you know, people come up with excuses all the time of like, oh, I would go vegan, but what will I feed my kids or what, what my, you know, like the camping thing. I can't, is, is there another vegan camping video out there that like with a menu and everything? Cause I think, I thought it was great. There was no, okay. From my search, I saw two vegan camping videos. Um, one was with a family and I, they were not prepared whatsoever. Like they put like actual, uh, cans of beans directly on the grill. They had no pots, no pans. Um, they had aluminum foil, thank God. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know how they didn't like burn their hands off. Like they, they didn't show them eating the food. They only showed them like cooking food over the fire. 
Um, but I didn't want that. I, I wanted to show people that you can eat just as well as that non-vegan in the campground next to you. Yeah. And so I, I basically, I did my research by uh, YouTubing just cooking over the campfire. And um, I just, I mean, it was so easy to veganize. I mean, it, it went beyond s'mores. You know, people made pizzas over the fire. Um, um, people made popcorn over the fire. You know, stuff that could be easily uh, vegan. And pancakes, obviously. So um, we're hoping to go camping again as a family next month uh, since the weather would be a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, that hopefully I can make more things and kind of show, um, on YouTube, um, more options. Um, one idea I'm kicking around is French toast. Um, there, I, I, I did the one thing that did not come up on the video because it was a total fail was I tried to do cinnamon rolls over the campfire. Oh, no good. Oh no, no. It was, it was as raw as raw can get. And I had kids <laughs> here. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And, and finally, I'm like, okay, I can't put this on video. It's, I mean, <laughs> as real as I want to come across, um, you know, they didn't want to hear me half drunk going, shut up. <laughs> uh, shut up, kid. Eat your dough. <laughs> yeah. You're going to eat that dough and you're going to like it. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, the thing about that video that is a true testimony to how good it is, is I hate camping. Like, I never... Uh, ever liked camping but i was watching it like oh that looks like fun i could do that like so that says something about your video yeah you have to camp better family style you know just yeah yeah and and i'll tell you um you know camping wise it's it's just as bad camping as it is leaving for like a week on a vacation because you are carrying like your whole entire life in the back of a minivan or your trunk or whatever and, um, yeah, the funny thing is that Chuck was telling me, um, that we should do a video of how, how little we packed. And I, I just started laughing at him and, and I just, I'm like, he just doesn't realize, you know, we're actually going to be cooking real food that goes beyond hot dogs. Right. Um, and I'm not, not sure in the video if they well, actually, if it showed, I've, it's funny, I should remember my own stuff, but, um, I did do corn on the cob over the fire. And that's one thing that even if you weren't very keen on cooking over the fireplace, that's one thing you've got to do, you know, just soak some ears of corn, like in the husk. And I don't even take the silk out, just soak them for like about anywhere between 30 minutes to like two hours and just put them over the coals or over the grates, the grill for about 20, 25 minutes. You don't even need salt or butter or any, well, earth balance, uh, to go on the, the corn on the cob. It's, it's, perfect it's total perfection uh it looks i'm looking at the video right now not watching it but it's the you know the uh what do they call that the little snapshot that shows before you hit play oh yeah yeah it's of uh your corn on the cob on the grill it looks great oh nice nice yeah Yeah. i'm I'm, I'm kind of proud of that corn (laughs) (laughs) i'm proud of that corn if i do say so myself (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably still be talking about that months on end. I mean, camping um, in that hot of weather because it was 80 degrees out, but there was no shade at the campsite and the um, the sun was beating down on us so hard and I was so not camera ready. And I mean, just, you know, doing all this stuff on the grill, you know, being exposed to even more heat, you know, at least I have that corn on the cob, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing that made it all worth it. Right. Yeah, I think uh, the video is great. And I mean, it's hot out there. 
and it's camping. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to do another one when, when, when it gets cooler and you know, I'm, I'm less drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You didn't appear drunk in the video at all. I don't know how much moonshine I drank, but I said, that's, that's kind of like a mountain thing. If we're camping in the mountains, by golly, we're going to the liquor store and getting moonshine. I love it. I forgot about the moonshine until you just said that. I was like, oh yeah, there was moonshine in that video. Oh yeah. It's apple pie moonshine. I mean, it looks like I just like started drinking dirty water. I mean, it's, it's, it looks vile, but it's actually pretty good. It tastes just like apple pie filling. That's crazy. (laughs) Amazing. So we should, uh, before I wrap everything up, I should make sure everyone knows where to find you. Uh, TheRealVeganHousewife.com is your main site. Yeah. Yes. And um, is there a quick way to find the YouTube channel? What's your name there? Oh, it's, well, actually, it's The Real Vegan Housewife um, on YouTube. I have my own channel. So when you pull up The Real Vegan Housewife, um, it's my own channel. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. And you're on Instagram and you're on Twitter too, right? Uh, yes, yes, I'm on all of the above. So yeah, I do Instagram, Twitter, and it's all the real vegan housewife. I believe uh, on Twitter it's in housewife, like V E G N, and then housewife. I'm gonna look right now, make sure V V E G N. Uh, I think it's V E G N. Let me double check that too. Uh, yeah, there you are. Hey. Woohoo! I'll put links to all of this stuff on my website. So if you're listening to this, you can just quickly go to MikeyPod.com and you can find all of these links. Unless you can remember. Um, yay! All right. Well, uh, is there anything I left out that we should talk about? Um, actually, let's see here. The YouTube channel, the... Um Pretty much, there's just a lot of things going on in my blog. Um, you know, I do cookbook reviews. I, um, you know, I do the videos, you know, just vegan family. And um, and I also, well, I, I do, well, I, I, I don't really say, say, say this often on my blog, but I do, I, I do actually uh, test uh, cookbooks on the side. So any upcoming vegan cookbook author, um at times will actually come up to me and say, would you like to be a tester for my cookbook? And a lot of times I'll show a lot of those creations on Instagram, obviously giving that cookbook author full credit and, and not sharing the recipe until the book comes out, but it's a nice teaser. Oh, that's cool. What, um, what have you had a favorite book that you tested or? Um, so far right now I'm doing a vegan Halloween dinner party cookbook that is extremely exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, I made a gumbo, no lie. Like, it was phenomenal. It used jackfruit, and it was like four cups of okra, and um, it was just amazing. It was spicy, though, but my kids scarfed it down. Like, there was, like, no leftovers. I mean, have you ever heard of kids eating gumbo and just going crazy over it? No, and, like, I still am not an okra fan, so I can't imagine kids eating it. Yeah. Yeah. My, the, the thing is, is that my kids, you know, it's, uh, you know, they pretty much eat whatever we eat. There's no separate meals or anything that's, you know, labeled as quote unquote kid friendly. Um, we pretty much put it on a plate and there's two options, take it or leave it. And (laughs) they seem to take it a lot of times. They, They seem to be a fan of my food. So I guess that's probably the biggest compliment that I can ever get from my family is the fact, Hey, my kids eat it and they're, you know, 
doing pretty well. Yeah, uh, like I love seeing your pictures when you cook. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm I, always envious of your kids. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have their own chef, but little do they know, once they get older, I am so going to turn the tables. But I'm going to be I, like, you need to cook for me. I get the sense they'll really love it just because they've been watching you have so much fun in the kitchen all this time, right? Yeah, my oldest loves it. She loves cooking alongside me. Um, I will say she did have her first uh, issue with a hot pepper recently. <laughs> Uh-oh. I wasn't going to stop her. I said, you know what? Try it. You know, I, at that point, it's like, I know I don't have to call 911, so just try it. You're going to hate me for a little bit, but it goes away. So, uh, yeah, so she's since obviously forgiven me since then. Oh, amazing. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Well, thank you, Michael, for having me. I'm so honored. Seriously. I'm I'm just elated that I'm able to do this interview with you. Oh, well, I'm happy that you're uh, here talking to me. Look, you're here. It's amazing. I'm a person. But there's so many families that I feel like are using the fact that they have kids as an excuse to not go vegan. So um, I think it's great that you do what you do because... Um, it's bullshit. <laughs> it is. I, I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm in the trenches. I've already dealt with a school environment for my kids as far as being vegan goes. And I just feel like I've, I've kind of had to jump in with both feet. And um, to be quite honest, uh, I think if I could do it, anyone else can. But I think sometimes uh, people need to see somebody else doing it before mm-hmm. they can actually do it. You know, like I have to be the first one to jump off the bridge so the rest of the vegan parents can kind of jump on board and jump off that same bridge with me. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Cool. We'll keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. And you too. I love, I love all the work you do. Tentative armor is awesome. I mean, Uh, thanks. I am such a huge fan. My husband's a fan and we normally don't like the same things, but yet we're married, you know? Uh, that's so cool. Uh, I love you guys. We got to see each other in person one of these days. We got to. I and, and rest assured, I am trying to book somewhere in New York City like ASAP. The biggest thing is the stroller issue. So I'm trying to trying to work my way around that. And once I work that out, I can work New York out. Or amazing. Or if I can convert my in-laws into, you know, watching my kids for a couple days, that would be uber nice. Just drop them off. I know I should. <laughs> And then, like, run away the minute that they have any questions. Just be like, bye, see ya. Everything's fine. Just YouTube. Look on YouTube. You'll find what you need to know. Bye. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thanks again for joining me, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Michael. Take care.
That was the great Tycho. The great Tycho. They're just called Tycho. The the way I said the great made it sound like that was the name of the band. The great, I meant the great comma. No, there's not a comma there. That's Tycho, (laughs) we see, from their most recent album, Awake, which was uh, produced, yeah, by Christopher Willits, who I think, uh, fair enough to say he's a close acquaintance friend. Who knows? Anyway, um, love those guys. Uh, all of them. Tycho, Willits, Ghostly International is the label that that is on. Um, a great label. So many great things. I want to tell you, <laughs> thanks to my guest today, Robin Fetter. I pre- yeah. This has gotten real awkward. Listen, starting in October, um, well, let me backtrack just a little bit. I told you guys before that I'm doing this animal uh, sanctuary residency at... Tamerlane Farm Animal Sanctuary. Uh, so I've got a cool development, and it's going to be starting October 1st. I'm launching my own site on uh, Drip, drip.com. It's a uh, subscription site where you can support artists and in, in exchange. Uh, you get uh, inside information about the process of things, um, exclusive downloads, and that type of thing. So I'm extremely excited about this, um, partly because it's a little bit of a uh, exclusive thing, maybe not exclusive, but right now they just have like labels and granted they're smaller indie labels like Ghostly, um, Bedroom Community, um, and then but there are like artists who I love <laughs> like Christopher Willits, like so it's, it's larger names than me, um, but also sort of independent names. Uh, but it's like there's a whole uh, ah, I can't think of the word I want to use that uh, uh, very similar in flavor and and it's a flavor that I really enjoy. <laughs> so I'm I feel very honored to be included amongst this and uh, starts October first. Uh, yeah, I don't have a link to give you or anything like that. Um, I'm pretty sure my uh, subscription rate will be five dollars a month. And um, I'll be just writing a lot in there and sharing works in progress um, leading up to my show uh, next October in 2016. Um, but it's a really cool site. Like I've been uh, uh, subscribed to Christopher Willits in there. And um, the different, uh, it doesn't feel like a fan club because it becomes more of a um, sort of just a conversation than hero worship, if you will. Uh, yeah, so I feel... Uh, <laughs> So anyway, yay, Uh, I'm going to have some of the folks from Drip on the podcast in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to go and hang out with them next week. Um, I'm really excited about this. I think it's cool. And if you do decide to subscribe, it's a way that you can help me with this project. Um, Part of what I'm doing in the project is I want to spend as much time as I possibly can at the farm, volunteering and working with the animals and working with the humans that run the farm. And, um, <clears throat> but I still have to pay my bills. So I'm working in the city um, and heading out when I can to the farm. I would love to spend a lot more time at the farm. And the more subscribers I have to the drip, um, the more opportunity I'll have to, to teach less in the city. So keep that all in mind. I'll tell you more about that in the future. Uh, michaelherron.com is my site. Mikeypod.com is where you can find uh, show notes for this and all the podcasts um, 190, which is today's, all the way back to episode zero, um, which was 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. That's crazy. Things are crazy. So 
yeah, I think that's it for today. Next week, mm, I'm not sure if it'll be the drip episode or um, I'm going to be talking with Luke Curtis, who you have heard of before through me. Oh, that Bing was just Robin <laughs> telling me, woo, because I'm posting this thing. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I'm going on too much. Next week, it's either going to be a drip episode or a uh, Luke Curtis episode. Luke Curtis designed my book, Tentative Armor, which you can find at shop.michaelheron.com. Um, and he did some video for me for the album release show at Dixon Place. That's funny. I have these moments right now where I talk about this stuff. I'm like, oh, man. It wasn't that long ago that I wanted to be releasing and producing my own work. Maybe two years ago? I don't even know. I need to look at the timeline there. Um, And then I just started doing it. And now I have a book and an album. And I did a release show. I did a solo show, all that kind of stuff. So it feels a little surreal and super exciting. And I'm so excited to be moving forward. And that is all for today. Thanks for listening to the podcast, MikeyPod.com michaelheron.com email me i beg you mikeypod at gmail.com you can find me in all the places michael heron and all the social media things um i'm just at michael heron pretty much anywhere all right uh thanks for listening